Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. We're debuting a brand new three-part podcast series with Quentin Tarantino and Amy Nicholson called Quentin Tarantino's Feature Presentation. Here's a quick trailer with more info. If you go to Quentin Tarantino's new Beverly Cinema in Los Angeles, you're going to hear that feature presentation song. And when the movie starts, you're going to step in to Quentin Tarantino's brain. If you own a movie, you own a print of a film, it feels like it's your movie. Consequently, it's like if people really like the movie and they go, wow, that movie was terrific. You know, my response was, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> it was like I, I took credit for it because, well, it was my print. So, and, and, I, and I put the whole thing together to show it. So I, I actually felt like they were complimenting me. This is Quentin Tarantino's Feature Presentation, a new three-part podcast miniseries hosted by me, film critic Amy Nicholson of Unspooled and Halloween Unmasked. Before the release of his new film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin and I sat down to talk about five films that he's programmed at the New Beverly, and we wound up talking about his life, his work, and how this movie-crazy kid became a director who defined a generation. Waiting for the lights to go down, and no one knows what to expect. Is this going to be one of those special times? Is it not going to be one of those special times? Is it going to be a forgettable time? The first episode of Quentin Tarantino's feature presentation is out later this week. It is the closest thing to sharing a bucket of popcorn with the man himself, so subscribe now wherever you hear podcasts. Welcome to Josh Allen's world. We are just living in it. And welcome to the Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. Can I do that? Am I allowed to do the Ringer like, like Bill does? Sure. Is that okay? We are thrilled to be back with you in 2019. Ooh. I am joined by the one, the only, the hero fantasy needs, the hero fantasy football <laughs> deserves, my co-host, my co-Danny, the Dark Knight, Danny Kelly. DK, what is on your mind? Danny, my uh, my brain is mush. That's what's on my mind. Uh, I'm I'm sleep deprived. I'm tired, but I'm hanging in there, and I'm excited about this year. Well, that reminds me, we got to go into why. Wow, it took thirty <laughs> seconds for a sound cue. Jim, can we get like air horns? Because DK <laughs> is the father to a human baby, a real human baby, yeah. an infant child. <laughs> All right, we, I am. Yeah. We, we need the scouting report. What are what are measurables, pro frame? Uh, he projects as, as like Michael Phelps 2.0. Whoa. Really long, big flipper-like feet, huge hands. So it's like a porpoise? Uh, flipper-like feet? <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm basically holding out all hope that he's going to be Michael Phelps 2.0, the well, next you... great Olympian swimmer. Um, Craig, Jim, how are you guys doing? Hey, we're back. What's up? Craig, how, how was your summer? Just great. Can't wait for fantasy football. <laughs> Jim, are you all smiles over there? Always. See, Jim is... Th- wow. Wow, well, he wow. sung a little. Wow. Jim is Paul thrilled to be back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love the Jim, tremolo Jim, in that. Jim, that was good. Jim's quite the performer. Uh, we are thrilled to be back. We've got, over the next few weeks, we're going to devote an entire episode to every position. We're going to go over sleepers and duds, undervalued and overvalued, draft strategy, the top 50, a big picture look at the end. We could not be more excited to be here. Wow. I think, yeah. I think yeah. we, we got this. So this year, we're, for the preview, we're going we're gonna to be doing some awards for these positions. Uh, participation trophy generation. We're in on the sensation. 
Uh, we'll explain them as we go. It's not that complicated. You'll figure it out. Uh, I think I as the kids you. say, let's send it. Sure. Is that what the kids say? Yeah. I mean, you are a kid. Oh, it's man child. It's <laughs> boy man. Who knows? All right. Let's do it. First up, who's your guy award? Everybody has a guy at each position heading into a draft. DK, right now, who is your guy at quarterback this year? I am high on Deshaun Watson this year for the Texans. I think I saw Mike Clay point this out on Twitter. I think it's really true. Like Patrick Mahomes has completely overshadowed how great Watson has been. Uh, through 23 career games, he has 52 touchdowns and 17 interceptions, 8.3 yards per attempt, 66 completion percentage. I mean, he's just been amazing. Add in 820 yards, seven touchdowns on the ground. He's not even 24 years old yet. Um, so, I mean, he's just, I think he's he's still like, obviously Mahomes is is the great fantasy player, but Watson isn't super far behind. I think he's going to really go off this year. You get a full season from Hopkins if, free, please, please get a full season from Will Fuller because Hopkins' numbers just explode. Or I should say Watson's numbers explode with Fuller in there. Um, add Kiki Kuti into the offense. Jordan Thomas, I, there's, to me, it's just this offense has a chance to just go off. Um, even even though Watson doesn't run quite as much, you know, he might not run quite as much this year just to try and keep him healthy. He's still one of the top running quarterbacks. Um, I just think his upside is really, really high. I mean, you can nab other guys around that spot. So Kenyon Drake, you know, there's Chris Carson. There's a lot of running backs around that ADP, which is around 50 right now. So you don't mind Watson at that, at that kind of position in the draft? Well, I mean, I just think he... <laughs> His upside is is to the point where obviously you know there's a lot of people that subscribe to the late round quarterback philosophy and, like baby and you're Trump. not going to be able to you're not going to be able to get Watson or like late rounds but um, you know the value he brings as a runner um, can really kind of give you that that edge I yeah I just like him a lot I don't play a ton of one quarterback leagues to be totally honest um, in two quarterback leagues he is I think one of the top guys I'm looking at but um, yeah I, I definitely get your point like if if you're going to wait on a quarterback. He's a little bit high in his ADP, but in two quarterback leagues or super flex or whatever, uh, I love the guy. Full-time Craig, do you concur? I do. The only thing I wanted to uh, ask DK about was just the the sacks issue. And he, he had a league high yeah. 62 takedowns last year, which is the fifth most in NFL history. What do you think about that? <sighs> I mean, yeah, that's definitely a concern. The offensive line continues to be a concern. Um, but like, honestly, it hasn't really mattered all that much. Obviously, he got hurt um, as a rookie, but... Um, I just think, you know, the way he's able to scramble around, the way he's able to deal with pressure, like it just doesn't really matter. I just think it, from a fantasy point of view, he's still going to go off even if the offensive line continues to be a, a concern. So speaking of scrambling, my guy this year is Lamar Jackson on the Ravens. Last year, he set the all-time record for rush attempts by a quarterback. He only started seven games. Now he had, <laughs> he had like, it's crazy. Yeah. So in the seven starts he had, he had 119. That's four shy of Michael Vick's career high in seven games. It's 17 carries per game. Do you know who had more than 17 carries a game in 2018? Who? Todd Gurley, CJ Anderson in the two games he replaced Todd Gurley, Zeke Elliott, Chris Carson. That is the list. (laughs) (laughs) He had more than Saquon, more than Christian McCaffrey. So attempts, not touches. But the point is that he was QB nine in this span. He's currently going as QB 18. Now, They're said they're going to try to rush him a little less this year, but less is still a shitload. And he's already made big strides as a passer this year. He did briefly forget to throw a spiral. And they, you know, there are some issues like the Chargers really kind of figured him out at the end. But there's so much value. And he's basically, he's going four spots ahead of Greg Zerline. He's free. So I can't 
imagine a more person I'm enthusiastically taking as a backup. And if he blows up in week one, then he's on my bench and not on waivers. So did, love Lamar did, Jackson this year. Did you hear what John Harbaugh said? I yeah, think it he was wants today. to run more. He wants to run at a level not seen since the Marshall plan. <laughs> I remember that one. Uh, he yeah. So I, I obviously there's the concern that they're going to back off and not run him quite as much this season. I think there's. I mean that's probably going to happen, but still. Um, they're going to probably run him a lot. Like It's not like they're going to completely change the game plan and have him be just a drop-back pass or whatever. Um, he may not run 17 times a game like he did last year, but he's still going to probably lead all quarterbacks in rushing attempts. And the way that they have, um, you know, that run game, uh, the diversity of it, the, the way that they're going to attack defenses, I think is, is Jackson is going to be a focal point of that in the run game. So I think, you know, I, I definitely agree with you. I think he's probably undervalued right now. Um as long as he can stay healthy, though, that's the big question. Yeah, and if he does, he's a lock to break the, his own record for rush attempts by a quarterback. So, and one thing you want with quarterbacks is a high floor, and his rushing ability gives him that. And if he's getting yeah. drafted in the same realm as like Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston's floor is in the is a grave, and Lamar Jackson's <laughs> is that's going to be a theme yeah. as we talk. And believe me, I wasn't kidding about the Josh Allen at the top. It's going the rushing is going to be a, a theme. Uh, Craig. Yes. Who's your guy? My guy is Andrew Luck. Just a little overview from last year. He had the most efficient year of his career. 67.3 completion percentage, which was his best by 3.8. 2.3 interception percentage, which is his lowest by 2013. He was the QB5 last year, despite his worst rushing year of his career by a lot. He ran for only 148 yards and zero touchdowns, and his average is about 312 with almost four touchdowns. So the things mm. I really wanted to touch on um, was pace. The Colts led the league in seconds per play last year. They ran the fifth most plays. Um, health now in year two Lux I actually think this is the year he'll take off this is like Gordon Hayward on the Celtics like you need a season and then you have the season uh, in the first three starts of Lux 2018 he attempted or his uh, yards per attempt was only 5.34 yards and he had a 5 to 3 touchdown to interception ratio and after that it completely took off so the slow start of the season will not repeat with Luck and the last that was just his the injury thing right yeah it's just that shoulder just fully uh, yeah mm -hmm. his shoulder and then the well, last, we wish he did snowboarding, but that's neither here nor there. Right. <laughs> Keep him off the snow. And then last is protection. He was sacked 18 times in 16 games last year, and he averaged 35 sacks over the last four seasons. He went from the league's worst to the league's best sack rate. So I, the sack rate's the perfect thing to end on because DK, I yeah. believe luck is your bandwagon <clears throat> pick, and part of which is that sack rate. Yeah, so the bandwagon pick is the guy who you like, but you're a little bit worried too many people are in on that bandwagon, so it just makes you a little bit nervous. And so everything that Craig said is exactly why I'm a little bit worried and a little bit leery about luck. Um, it was his most efficient year of his career by far. Uh, the sack rate thing was outstanding. I, you know, they they might be able to keep that up this year. They might, maybe it's due to scheme, maybe it's their offensive line is just that good, but um, I worry a little bit that's going to kind of regress towards, uh, you know, the mean a little bit in that area that could affect Luck's bottom line. Um, they didn't do a ton, I don't think, to necessarily add a bunch of talent to their to their offense. Obviously, Paris Campbell is an X factor, and if he could develop as a rookie and be like a big threat for them, that will kind of change my thinking. But we've seen, you know, a lot of times rookie receivers don't make a huge impact in their first year, especially guys like Campbell, who doesn't have a ton of experience like running in an NFL route tree or whatever. So that kind of worries me a little bit. Um, his touchdown rate spiked a little bit last season, 6.1. It was above his career average of 5.2. I could see that dropping again. Um, the pace does, you know, kind of the pace of the Colts offense is definitely a good thing when it comes to fantasy. But 
uh, I think is just the what you're what you're sort of having to pay for luck now. Um, it it I just think there's a chance he could kind of regress and and not really pay off at his current ADP. I love Andrew Luck this year for mostly for real football. I think he's the best bet uh, odds on right now for MVP. But I am wary of where he's going for his ADP, even though I love him to have a huge season because I. I so you, well, you mentioned touchdown rate, DK, and touchdown rate is among the stickiest of stats for quarterbacks. And if you're above or below your career rate, you generally come back to it. I think right. Luck's an exception because so much of his has come in this weird stretch where he was injured but playing through an injury. But in 2014, he led the league in touchdowns and his touchdown rate was higher than last year. So I think that he has a chance to stay at where he was. And that offensive line, they basically went from deep passing to shorter passes, getting him out of his hands. I'm not worried about him as an injury risk. But... I agree. It's a band. It's just too many people are on it. Um, I mean, um, he's he's overall right now the QB two. Uh, his overall ADP is forty five. So like people are all in on luck. Exactly. It's just a little bit expensive for me. That's and all. I like him. I think he's going to have a, a solid season. I basically feel the exact same way about my bandwagon pick, which is this pains me to say it. it's Baker Mayfield on the Browns. <laughs> I love yeah. Baker. Like I can't tell you how much I love him. Like when Freddie Kit, our boy Freddie Kitchens, our guy, he became the offensive coordinator in Week Nine, and they it was. As I think as close to an overnight shift as an, of an offense you'll see, along with actually the Ravens last year, as you'll see in the NFL, they went from, Baker's QBR went from 36 to 70 in the second half. His completion percentage from 58 to 68. Yards per attempt from 6.6 to 8.6, which is a huge jump. Yeah, That's tied for 29 and across the full season to being tied for third with Mahomes. Touchdown <laughs> percentage doubled. Like sack percentage went from 8 to 1.8. It is insane. Yeah. But everyone's figured this out. <laughs> And now he's a guy who's in his second year with, it's so obvious that the value has been taken out of it because everyone's so excited that he did all that. Now they have Odell and a full off season to do it, that he's going in the fifties along with guys who've been the number one quarterback either by year or by per game average on a year, which is Deshaun, Luck, um, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, Mahomes have all been the QB one. and, and Baker hasn't, and it just, I don't think that the value is there for his ADP, so that bums me out, but I don't think I'll have him in any leagues this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I think Mayfield, you know, I think he is going to have a great year, but I mean, in a one quarterback leagues, particularly, you're looking for value at that position, and uh, yeah, I think he, the way he's risen compared to last year, I mean, it would have been awesome to get him last year, but yeah, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. So moving on, bet your life guy, and this is what it sounds like. If you had to bet your life on one guy in that position having an awesome year, who is it? <laughs> I mean, this one's easy. Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs. I mean, obviously, the fear is that regression is coming and it, it might well come. But even if it does, he's still going to be an insane... He's still going to put up insane stats. I mean, he, especially in that offense, the speed they have. Um, you know, they got Kelsey, Tyree Kill didn't get suspended. They got Sammy Watkins coming back. Now they added Nicole Hardman, who's, you know, 4-3 speed just to add into that at offense um you know obviously with Andy Reid calling plays they're going to find ways to get guys open I just think Mahomes his floor is still higher than pretty much any other quarterback in the NFL so that's why I mean he might not do what he did last year but even if he regresses still going to be you know quarterback one (laughs) type guy yeah I agree with everything you just said as uh Matthew Barry pointed out in his great hundred facts column he could you could chop 10 touchdowns off his total and he would still be the QB one Jeez. Uh, yeah. But I'm still not drafting him. <laughs> uh, I agree. He's my bet, my life guy, but his ADP is 21. It's just way too high for a quarterback this year. Right, it's all about right. the late round stuff. He was on the most championship squads of all players in ESPN leagues. 
but he was going outside the top 100 and the right. value is just not there right. this year. So, right. all right. Now, oh, this, I'm so excited. My irrational rookie slash unproven player love. <laughs> Self-explanatory. Who's your yeah. irrational rookie love, DK? I mean, it's easy. Again, this is Kyler Murray of the Cardinals. I think, obviously, there's tons of reason to fear what the Cardinals offense is going to do this year. It was the worst offense in the NFL last year. Um, bringing in Cliff Kingsbury is a major gamble for that team. Um, you know, obviously, they're going to be installing it what we think is going to be an air raid offense, but I just, I'm a believer in Murray. Um, even though he's five foot 10 or under or whatever, I'm, I'm still a believer in him. I think he's got incredible accuracy. He adds a lot to the fantasy world as a runner. I think he's, you know, he's basically like Tariq Cohen style runner. Very, very, very fast, explosive. Um, he's going to make hay on both design runs. I think they're going to do a lot of the read option and as a scrambler, because that offensive line is garbage or it could be garbage. Um, they're going to run a ton of plays. Um, I think it was in, actually in that 100 Facts article from Matthew Berry. The Texas Tech passed 61% of the time from 2013 to 2018 under Kingsbury, which is the second highest rate in, in the FBS. They run a ton of plays and they run really fast. David Johnson in an interview recently said that the team's plan is to run 90 to 95 games uh, plays per game, which is completely unheard of in the NFL. Um, no team has actually averaged more than 80. So it, it's just one of those things where... They're not going to reach that, but they're going to be running tons and tons of plays up tempo, no huddle. So there's just going to be a lot of chances for um, fantasy points and fantasy volume in that offense. I think Keller Murray has the talent, the skill set to kind of to do, you know, to run that offense. I think Kingsbury told Peter King that they're going to run basically what Murray ran at Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley. So um, I think he can hit the ground running relative. You know, he's obviously. There's always a learning curve when it comes to uh, with with rookie quarterbacks, but I think he's going to be a fantasy factor this year. Yeah, what, I mean, whether Cliff Kingsbury can make the air raid work is obviously like this big mystery and really exciting. And then whether they can tweak it around week six when defenses maybe figured out is a bigger question. But that's more important for like David Johnson or like Christian Kirk. Kyler Murray is not free, but he's going like eleventh, twelfth round. Like there's yeah, not I mean, nearly as much yeah. risk. So it's also it'll just be fun. Like if you believe it all and fantasy should be fun, like Kyler, uh, it would be amazing. Uh, speaking of fun, my irrational love <laughs> is so irrational. Josh Allen, Joshy. Yeah, I almost put him here too. Yeah, here are the players who had more fantasy points from Josh Allen than Josh Allen from Week Twelve to Week Sixteen, which is the heart of the fantasy season. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry. That is the list. Josh Allen, oh my fifth. God. If you include Week Seventeen, which isn't for fantasy but is real football, the list would go Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so man. I'm not saying he's better than Baker, but he was better than Baker last year during the most important part of the season. He's, <laughs> as Craig mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the rushing floor has become not a skeleton key, but it's really like the missing right. link in some ways for how do you find value in like quarterbacks in the teens. Uh, Josh Allen's rushing last year was unbelievable. Like Lamar Jackson, they'd want him to run less because he got hurt. But Whatever, he's, he's going undrafted, basically, and people are forgetting. Like, he was incredible. The Bills need him. I, I, unbe- I think he's an unbelievable value. Uh, so he gives him a bench the, spot. The obvious question here, Danny, is is that going to be replicable? Is that going to be something that he can continue to do? <clears throat> My thought is it might be because he was getting the vast, vast majority of that rushing production on scrambles, which... Yeah. I don't necessarily know if that's going to change that much. I think he's, you know, he's still going to be that 
very, very questionable passer. Like, we still don't even know if he's going to be like a long-term starter, to be honest. He was that bad as a passer last year. Um, but, I mean, t- to that point, like, when he drops back and he doesn't, you know, see what he wants to see, like, he, he has the athleticism to take off and run. And, you know, is he automatically going to stop doing that next year? I don't think so. And I think, you know, it's still going to be a big part of kind of their offense. And and they did the, you know, the Seahawks did that with Russell Wilson early in his career. They made um, scrambling like a big part of their offense. They had this thing called the scramble drill where when he breaks the pocket, like everyone has a specific job to do. And so it makes the scramble much less, um, you know, like random or whatever. But I think they're going to try to build that his ability as a scrambler kind of into their offense. And so it might not completely go away. I think there is the fear and there is that fear that, you know, that's not repeatable, but I don't know. I, I still think he's still going to be that guy. He's still going to be Josh Allen. So Blake Bortles has been a serviceable fantasy quarterback. Don't let your real life biases get in the way of <laughs> value, baby. Speaking yeah. And he's not going to, he's not in any, he's not in any risk of getting benched. I wouldn't think. Well, so. uh, well, who knows? You never know if Josh Allen, yeah. RDK. Next up, the Ocho Cinco Award. The once yeah. good guy who's still being treated like he's good, but he's really not. <laughs> Could be age or scheme related, probably age related, change teams, whatever, and they're about to fall off the map. Okay. So this one, uh, I'm just going to phrase it. I'm going to I'm gonna phrase it exactly how I want to phrase it. <laughs> I love it, it already. Drew Bre- I'm going with Drew Brees of the Saints, and <laughs> I'm only, I'm fading him only in the sense that I don't love what he does. He, he, he's done so poorly in the late part of the season, the last three seasons, that um, I'm just like staying away from him, generally speaking. He's a good, he's like a really good fantasy regular season quarterback. I'm not going to say that he's like going to have a terrible season, but what he, what he does at the end of the year, December, makes me worried. So, um, oh, also, the Saints offense seems to just be very much like going towards more run heavy, more balance, fewer passes, blah, blah, blah. So that too. But during last year's fantasy playoffs, if it was like weeks 13 through 16, say, uh, Breeze was the quarterback 24. He only averaged 11 points per game. So if you, if you kind of relied on him throughout the whole season and then was hoping that, you know, that he was going to be this big rock that you could rely on during the playoffs, you were very disappointed. And I remember being that way. So um, in 2017, he was QB 14 in that stretch, only 15 points per game. 2016, he was QB 18 in that stretch. So it, it's it's to the point where it's becoming a, a legitimate concern. So, um, you know, if you want to take him and, and live on him during the regular season, that's fine. And then stream during the playoffs, I get that. And that's a viable thing. But like, for me, I'm not paying the tax uh, to get him during the regular season because just what he does late in the season is is heartbreaking. So yeah, that that's my... Modified Ocho Cinco Award. The Ringers' Danny Kelly hates Drew Brees. <laughs> yeah. My Ocho Cinco Award winner is... Guy's going to fall off a cliff. I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. Aaron Rodgers. I said it. This is Yeah, and this is a thing that... I mean, this is a legitimate discussion a lot of people are having that are Aaron Rodgers' best days behind him? Because I think it's a legitimate question to ask. To be clear, I'd be happy to have him in fantasy football. It's just I don't like him for where he's being drafted. Uh, yeah, he's being drafted top five. I mean, by ADP, it's just by ADP, he's going in the top forty, and I just, that's just too rich for me. Or sorry, top fifty. But there's so many variables, and at the core of it, fantasy football is about minimizing risk. It's nothing against Aaron Rodgers; he's still talented. I think a lot of the criticism of him is less about how talented he is, more about the decision making. And his decision making yeah. is, I mean, obviously, 
became a rift over what the decisions he wanted to make on the field were against Mike McCarthy. But there's just so many variables with this new coach and and whether Rodgers' numbers are going to come back to elite level. So he's certainly capable of being it. But I, it's so wild to me to pass and you make your fifth or sixth round pick into a quarterback who, there's just so many question marks. Right, and they didn't do like a ton to add weapons to the offense. It's, you know, they were kind of rolling with the guys they had last year. Lafleur is a huge question mark. Lafleur. Did he do anything last year that made you super bullish on this offense? I don't, I don't, you know, I just don't know. Like, there, like you said, there's a lot of variables kind of going into the Rodgers projection. And I tend to be more positive about it, but I definitely understand why people are kind of like getting away from Rodgers at this point. He, he, I think he led the NFL by a long margin in throwaways last year. Um, and what you were alluding to is he was cha- changing the plays at the line of scrimmage a lot. I think that was what caused a rift between he and Mike McCarthy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of interesting. If he can play, if he can be on the same page as LaFleur, plans inside that offense, and, and the offense is anything what we think it could be in terms of sort of this hybrid between Sean McVay and, and, and uh, Kyle Shanahan, which is like why he got hired to be there to their head coach or whatever then that like he has a lot of potential but i mean it's just like we've seen a lot of offenses just never really take off like and, and that could be this offense here all right next up this one this one's a big one dk the patrick mahomes award league winners guys who are going outside the top 100 that could win you your league now i'm just gonna say off the top there is no patrick mahomes this year like you're probably not gonna find someone outside the top 100 that's throwing 50 touchdowns but Finding a quarterback outside the top 100 that could give you a top three season is an incredible thing. So, DK, yeah, who's your Pat Mahomes league winner this year? I mean, I cheated a little bit because Newton right now is ADP is 89. So, just a That's little a bit inside. Guidelines. But, yeah, I mean, it's not rules. Guidelines. Um, <laughs> a lot of people have kind of uh, recency bias when it comes with Newton. Obviously, last year, his shoulder was affecting him a lot. Like, he couldn't throw more than 30 yards. He just, his throwing motion looked like garbage. Um you know, I think they actually pared back his running a little bit because they didn't want him to, you know, exacerbate that injury. Um, now he's, you know, he over he underwent surgery. Um, his throwing motion looks really clean. I saw a video of him throwing it from training camp, and it he looks it's just like completely different. It looks so much better. It looks so much more natural. Um, I think there's a real chance his passing could explode a little bit this year. He's getting Greg Olson back into the fold. Uh, DJ Moore is and Curtis Samuel are both huge breakout kind of like candidates this season in terms of um you know their their efficiency last season the route running all that i think both of those guys have huge uh, breakout potential um and then ian thomas their tight end he if greg olson does get hurt like he showed a lot late in the season so i think their offensive weapons out and obviously add in mccaffrey gives newton this really solid kind of nucleus of offensive playmakers that he may have never really had in his whole career um add in the fact that he may be running a little bit more than last year obviously he pared down his running but um, same deal. His floor as a runner, or his ability as a runner, gives him a much higher floor. Um, he is currently the QB ten in PPR, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he ended up inside the top five at the position this season. I disagree with this one a lot. Hater. Yeah, I am a hater. Yeah, sure. well, he can write that, and it's the weird <laughs> font he does on his Instagram stories. You can call me a hater, but I think he's just not that kind of player anymore. He can run, but he's not. I mean, Peter King had his column this morning. And he basically, I mean, the, the, the title of it was Cam Newton puts away the cape. And he said in that column, he said, quote, as a quarterback, this is Cam Newton, as a quarterback in this league, you're unanimously the leader, right? We needed that game. I felt as if I wanted to give my team everything that I had, honestly, being hurt, being injured, looking back at it, it probably wasn't the smartest, efficient thing. And he's just, that was just him playing hurt 
They've said they've said they're gonna stop. They're gonna slow down his running like almost every season he's been in the NFL. <laughs> I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll put it that way. I'm not convinced. Um, but to each their own. I for my my league winner guy. I I have Jameis Winston. He's going right now. He's QB sixteen. He's going 115th overall. Ben yeah. Gretsch at CBS wrote a great article on finding the next Mahomes. Uh, he. He developed. There's a key number you can look at, which is the ADP, the average draft position disparity between a team's skill position and the quarterbacks. With the idea being, it's very if, interesting. Yeah, yeah. If you are having a bunch of skill players who are very high, but a quarterback very low, well, then one of those is right. Either the quarterback is undervalued or the skill players are overvalued because they're part of the same offense. So right. a couple of people we found in this is uh, ADP is very high on the Rams. People are drafting the Rams skill players, but down on Goff. The other one he looked at was Jameis Winston. Mike Evans is the wide receiver eight. Chris Godwin is right now going around wide receiver 20. OJ Howard is going tight end four. But Jameis is the quarterback 16. That doesn't really make sense. I mean, <laughs> right. we can look at Jameis. I mean, I think he he's a great deep ball passer and he really fits well with what Bruce Arians is doing. And uh, they both have had throughout their careers, like Arians and Winston have been part of offenses that are really uh, av- deep average depth of target. And that's been talked about a lot, but if you believe in Evans, Godwin, and Howard, you kind of have to believe in da- in Jameis. And I just think it's just a really great potential lead league in attempts and maybe even passing yards. Yeah. I mean, I get that for sure. And now we can go into the Josh Allen Award, which sadly isn't for Josh Allen this year, but the out of nowhere stud, which Josh Allen already came from somewhere. So the out of nowhere stud, the guy no one's talking about that could be in terms of fantasy, that could be a major fantasy player. So a guy you can grab right. in the last round of your draft, maybe, or toward the end that no one's thinking of as a fantasy contributor. I mean, with quarterbacks, it's a little this this category is a little bit tough because quarterbacks are so high profile. But I think right now, Dak Prescott is really undervalued um, as a you know potential starter for your fantasy team. Uh, right now, he's the QB fifteen and number thirteen, one hundred and thirteen overall. So he's going outside the top one hundred. Um, and last season he finished as the QB ten, and and Heifetz, you you get you you dotted out here. He was number four down the stretch. What what was that? What what does that mean? So I mean, Dak. I mean, just like Josh Allen, I don't think anyone thinks of oh yeah, Josh Allen, the number one quarterback in fantasy for the last seven <laughs> weeks of the season. Yeah, obviously, right, right. Dak Prescott for from like uh, whiz, week twelve to week sixteen, uh, he was fourth. It was Mahomes, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, and Dak Prescott. And a lot of that has to do with Cooper coming over, right? And they kind of like figured out their offense. And, and I don't know anything about Amari Cooper. I don't want to hear that name. <laughs> I don't like... No, but really, it's basically if you buy that the Cowboys offense was reinvigorated by Amari Cooper, you should probably be buying Dak Prescott. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't even have to be quite as good for him to be an incredible value. He doesn't have to be the fourth quarterback this year. He can be the eighth, which is, I think, officially the Tony Roma memorial spot, the eighth quarterback in fantasy. <laughs> um, and that's still an amazing thing for where he's going right now. Uh, yeah. So like, but and and again, like we've talked about it before, his rushing ability, his his toughness in and around the goal line, they use him on read options a lot. I think well, I think really gives him a higher floor. So too. that's the interesting thing, and that's the thing. He only ran for forty four yards in that stretch, that six game stretch. He ran for forty four yards. He didn't run. That they were passing, but they've also talked about getting him more in, involved around the goal mm. line, and he could be rushing for more touchdowns. That's speculative, yeah. but that's the wild thing with him. He has the rushing floor, but when he was an elite passer, he was getting it done without running. Um, full-time Craig. Yes. I, we'd be remiss to not at least mention Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, <laughs> who, Jimmy GQ. Jimmy GQ is, is back and healthy with the Niners under Shanahan. His, his current ADP is 133. The quarterback 21, he's going one before Josh Allen. <laughs> 
the man commanding the name of this award. But this is this is really just um, putting my eggs in the Shanahan basket. And the yeah. last time that Shanahan's really had a healthy, talented roster was the 2016 Falcons. And that year, we all know what happened. They were a record-setting team. They had an 1,000-yard rusher and a 1,000-yard receiver and a quarterback that almost threw for 5,000 yards. And they nearly won the Super Bowl. Um, I just think everybody in this tier, we kind of know what their ceiling is except Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's the only one this late in the ADP list where if somebody said, oh, he threw for 4,600 yards in 2019. I don't think anybody would be like, no way. That's impossible. 4,800 yards. No way that's impossible. Yeah. Also, he's really handsome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, I mean, to your point, I mean, Mays just said on this podcast that, I mean, yeah. Garoppolo is probably the best bet in the league to just lead the league and receive uh, court passing yards right now. Um, and if you can get that at QB 21 and spend a dollar on him in auction or whatever it takes, $3, I mean. Expert analysis, that's a good bet. It's a good value. Mm -hmm. I remember last year feeling so good when I got Garoppolo like late round in a couple drafts. And I'm just like, well, obviously he got hurt, but I'm all, I'm totally with you on this, I think. Thanks, Dad. Um, DK, Father DK. God. Uh, speaking of fathers, Philip Rivers. Nice. Of the Chargers. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to pretend I most, did that on purpose. The most virile quarterback in the NFL by far. <laughs> sure. Uh, oh, my God. Right now, he is the... It feels like... Okay, so every every year, people get hyped about the Chargers. <laughs> Not necessarily Rivers, but... Well, sometimes Rivers, but the Chargers are always hyped. Um, I'm just going to keep going. I think the Rivers, I think, has a chance to really outplay his ADP right now. He's a QB 17, ADP 126 in, in PPR. Um, last year he finished as a QB 11, so he was a fringe QB one. And that was without Hunter Henry. Um, I don't know if Henry has, is going to have a big enough impact to push him into like QB seven or eight or whatever, but I think there's a solid chance he's going to have a really, really good year. He's definitely, I feel in my mind, going to outplay his ADP. So, um, Rivers is a guy that I think it's just really cheap right now that, that could kind of pay off down the line. My favorite stat from last football season was that when the Chargers played the Ravens in the playoffs, Philip Rivers had more children than Lamar Jackson had play had career starts <laughs> in the NFL. The only time that could have ever happened. Incredible. <laughs> um, uh, all right, my my post type sleeper again, I, Carson Wentz. It's really simple. If he stays healthy, he might be the MVP of the league. Um, Kevin and Mays just talked about how great that Eagles team is, and there's so much quarterback depth as we, as we've <laughs> explained on this episode that if he gets hurt. Whatever, like you get a backup quarterback. Stream someone. Yeah. Um, you can stream, it's fine. And if he's playing, he was uh, the number two quarterback per game in 2017. So, good stuff. The Rex Burkhead Award, which I think this season we're going to have to, this is going to be the Tyler Eifert Award. I think we're making a decision right now. <laughs> it's the Tyler Eifert Award, which is time Slash to give Rex up Burkhead, the dream. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give up. Later, Rashad yeah. Penny, Amari Cooper, but really Tyler Eifert. Give up so the dream. This is the guy you've drafted every time for the last six years, right? Formerly Burn. the CJ Spiller Award. <laughs> the friend zone. Whatever. It's just the point. You can't quit it. Yeah. Uh, I'm giving up on Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton has been sort of like a favorite sleeper of mine for the last few years because I think the Bengals, people just underrate the Bengals all the time. I'm not so sure that's going to happen this year. Um, the offensive line, um, you know, potentially could be a mess. And now AJ Green, I, he, what did he break? Or he had a ligament injury that's going to keep him out six to eight weeks could be longer it's a high ankle sprain so um yeah i don't know i just that 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 Bengals offense makes me nervous obviously they got you know a new offense coordinator they're going to pick up the pace and all that but i'm just i'm kind of done with andy dalton at this point i'm so out on the Bengals; it's unbelievable i i don't know i don't even know where in would be at this point <laughs> um i'm a guy i'm quitting is marcus mariota I, I don't know if there's a more 
You know, there's some fantasy players that you picked up once and they were really good for you and then you love them forever and it's completely unwarranted. That is Mariota for me. At this point, he's at four, this is going to be his fifth year He's and his fourth offensive coordinator. The new one's never called plays. It was their tight ends coach. He's, by the way, grandson of the uh, founder of FedEx. Hmm. Um, Mariota. <laughs> Thank you for that. Arthur Mar- Smith, I believe. Ar- yeah. Um, Mariota, I mean, nerve injury to his elbow that it's concerning. lingered into the offseason. His, back, his backup might be better than him. Ryan, oh, T- I, I don't know if there's oh, a boy. more like you versus the guy you're not supposed to be worried about than Marcus Mariota and Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill this year. Be perfect. Mr. Ryan Tannehill would be perfect spot. for this. It's just, yeah. I just, there's so much wrong here and I'm, I'm, I, goodbye, Marcus. I, <laughs> farewell. Uh, I disagree only slightly with this. I think Mariota has a chance to bounce back, but I definitely Just give understand. up the dream, man. I definitely I, understand this, yeah. I will leave him on waivers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's all right. Now we're gonna run through our tiers. Uh, we're gonna be doing this for every position episode, but draft tiers are are a really great way to build your rankings. And instead of just the, because obviously so much of drafting is about positional scarcity, and really at the core of what tiers are is it gives you a place in the moment when you're oh shit, I have thirty seconds left, and I don't know what to do because the two guys I wanted are just got picked. It helps you give a guideline of here's who's left within each tier. Yeah. So you can it helps look you look forward too. Like if there's a cliff coming up, exactly. Um, it also I mean? so lets you set price ranges in auction it's drafts. Cl- exactly, it's cliff watching, and so you can say, "Oh, I have one running back left. I want, but there's four receivers. I'm going to go running back and hope that one of those receivers falls." So yeah. let's run through our quarterback tiers. Tier one, just Patty Mahomes. He's his own tier. It's a one one tier man, one man <laughs> tier. Who knows? Yeah. Tier two, we've got Deshaun Watson and the Texans, Andrew Luck and the Colts, Matt Ryan and the Falcons, and Aaron Rodgers and the Backers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think some yeah. people would put Watson and Mahomes. I don't think that's deserved by Deshaun. No offense. Um, tier three, we've got Baker Mayfield on the Browns, Drew Brees on the Saints. You guys know what teams these people are. <laughs> Russell Wilson, <laughs> Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Penn Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, and James Winston. That's tier three. And Cam three. Newton. You forgot Newton. Okay. Oh, oh, no. And Cam Newton. Uh, <laughs> by my definition, those are the quarterbacks that we've listed so far are, in my mind, I'm comfortable with them as my starting quarterback. Don't need right. a stream. Don't uh, even maybe don't even need a backup. Like I'm comfortable with those dudes uh, starting for me. Although I personally move rivers, but consensus tier four, uh, which erroneous high uh, high upside backups. Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, it's high upside backup. Tom Brady, <laughs> the I highest know. upside of all time. He's really, in the same group as Josh Allen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady's the highest upside backup ever. All right, but tier four is Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, I love Trubiskets. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. And then tier five, which is for me, um, waivers galore. Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Nick Foles, Derek Carr, Joe Flacco, Eli Manning. Uh, Daniel not, Jones. I think, <laughs> don't you dare say that name in this house. <laughs> who, who, who do you think you are? Oh, man. I wanted to put Daniel Jones for the, for the league winner one so hard. You did. Because... I deleted it. I crossed <laughs> it off the dock. Just because of his rushing ability, he's going to do the Josh Allen, like literally the don't, Josh Allen. I swear, don't give. Just it. wait for it. Josh Allen's actually like a low key good athlete. Daniel Johnson, Daniel Jones is just no. He's he's a good athlete. He's a good runner. Just wait, just wait. Uh, I wouldn't say he's a great passer, but exactly like Josh if Allen, he's a good more, good runner. If I hear one more thing about Daniel Jones's family, like plays lacrosse, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> uh, DK. I think that's all the time we got. Yeah. Thank you to everyone for listening. 
No Daniel Jones. Long live Josh Allen. <laughs> Long live Lamar Jackson. Thank you to everyone, and we'll be back with running backs. Peace.